Okay, so this morning we're going to talk about what were you made to create. Okay, and um, this afternoon you can look forward to we're going to talk about creating for cultural transformation and kingdom advancement. So uh, we're going to totally shift our thinking on evangelism. Um, my mind was totally blown. So we're going to totally shift it from door-to-door evangelism to evangelism through who you guys are. So I'm super excited about that. Don't get scared. We're not going to knock door-to-door anything. Okay? Um, And then this evening, we're going to talk about creative expressions of worship. So creativity in worship. Okay? But this morning, we're going to talk about what were you made to create. So a good place to start is the beginning, right? Very good place to start. Okay. I love that movie. Anyways, uh, Genesis 1.1 says, In the beginning, God created, right? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So that is the fifth word of the Bible is created. And the first thing we learn about God is that he is creative, right? So he could have told us anything about himself, but the first thing he tells us is that he is a creator, okay? So, and you were made in the image of God. So therefore, you have creativity in you. So whether you believe that or not, creativity is present inside of you right now. Everyone say, I am creative. Because I'm made in the image of a creative God. All right. Okay, so God does not merely tolerate your creativity. He celebrates your creativity. So the first thing I want to talk about is a culture of celebration. Okay, so the father loves to celebrate his kids. And we know in Luke 15, uh, there's several uh, parables there talking about God celebrating when his lost ones return, right? So there's the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. So um, so we know that the father loves to celebrate, right? He, he likes to party. Uh, the angels celebrate every time someone gets saved, right? So we want uh, to carry that culture of celebration into everything that we do as well. So in the parable of the lost son, we see there's a contrast between the heart of the father and the heart of the son, right? Because the father is celebrating the return of the son, but the elder, elder brother is kind of mad, right? You guys know the story? Okay, <clears throat> so what I want to talk about this morning, as we are creating here together, we want a culture of celebration, not a culture of competition, right? So if we have the attitude and heart of a sibling... An un, so let me, uh, a sibling without the revelation of sonship, okay? Then we're going to have a culture of competition. So if someone makes something, then we might feel, um, like, not jealous, but, uh, like, that could be a loss to us, right? Does that make sense? Okay, I'll keep going, and we will understand. So, <clears throat> so we are, we want to celebrate each other as the Father celebrates us, so... Okay, so we want the heart of a sibling, or we don't want the heart of a sibling, we want the heart of a father or mother. Okay, so a father or mother, every time their kid does something, it's amazing, right? So it's like, wow, that's so good. Look what you did. You know, you won the school talent show or whatever. But a sibling, they're going to have that rivalry thing going on, right? So they're like, duh, they are getting extra attention, right, because they won the school thing. But, but if we let God shift us to the heart of the Father, then that will help change our perspective. So, so one way to, to illustrate that is Jesus. You know, he said he only does what the Father is doing, right? 
Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So Jesus said this. He said that you guys are going to do the same things I've done and even greater things, right? So Jesus's intention was for us to not only do what he did, but to exceed it, right? So a sibling might not say that. Do you guys see that? A sibling might have that competition thing where they're like, no, I have to be the best. Okay? But with the heart of Jesus, then we are actually intentionally raising other people up to be better than us, right? So another example of that is Saul. You guys know the story about Saul and David? So David was Saul's successor. Saul became jealous of David. So remember, there was, they sang the songs, David has killed, or Saul's killed thousands, David has tens of thousands. You guys remember that? So if Saul would have had the heart of the father, he would have celebrated that song, and he would have celebrated David in his being even better than himself, right? But instead, he got scared and jealous of David's success. So, so we want to have the heart of Jesus where we intentionally invest in our successors with the heart that they will grow to do the same things we've done and even greater things, right? Rather than the heart of Saul, who is afraid of being replaced by a successor. Does that make sense? So we know that Jesus was able to do that because he not only had the heart of the Father, he had a revelation of sonship. So he was at rest in who he was as a son, that he didn't have to strive or earn position with the Father, And also, he had the heart of the Father that was saying, I want to see you do amazing things. Does that make sense? Okay, so that's a big key in our culture of celebration, is uh, letting God cultivate that in us. So I've actually been making it like a daily declaration that I have this amazing mothering heart. So that's a good declaration if you guys want to do that, mother or father heart, that we represent the mother or father heart of God really well. Okay? So... um, Another thing about a culture of celebration is that God celebrates everything we do with him. So how many of you have little kids or have had little kids? Yeah? Okay. So how many of you, if your little kid brings you up a drawing, no matter what that drawing looks like, your response is probably like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. This is so good. And then sometimes you're like, what is it? (laughs) And then, and then they like explain it like, wow, you're so creative, you know? <laughs> so Abby, can you put up that picture of the refrigerator for me? So I took a picture. This is our refrigerator. And right now it is completely full of artwork. So this is our, our uh, resident art gallery. So we, it's full at the bottom. You can't really see it, but it's completely full of artwork. And so there's some from Laylee, some from Anna. So I, when they did that artwork, I saw it as worthy of the refrigerator, right? I just think that's awesome. And up front, we have, like, we're number one and, like, all this stuff like that. So anyways, the cool thing is, as I was like, wow, this is amazing. This is worth putting on the refrigerator. Eventually, they would make stuff, and then they themselves would put it on the refrigerator. So it's like they got it. They got that whatever they made is awesome, right? So we're made in the image of God. And what did God say after he finished making everything? It's good. Yeah, it's really good. So the things that we make with God are good, okay? So that's one thing. And, and if something is good, you want to celebrate it, right? 
So, so as we're creating this weekend, let's have that heart towards ourselves and each other that God is saying what we make is good and what, what everyone else around us is making is good and that we can rest in sonship and we don't have to worry about competition, that we can truly have a culture of celebration and celebrate every single person in this room and what they make, no matter what it looks like, okay? <laughs> okay, <clears throat> so... Let's see, I totally got off my notes. We're going to skip that. Okay, so let's go ahead. Um, God does not merely tolerate our creativity. He celebrates our creativity. And I want to take it to the next level and say that his celebration is not distant, it's engaged. So God's original intent and design is a creative partnership with us. And Shannon actually kind of started talking about this last night. I had the, like, momentary panic. I was like... Oh my gosh, what if she says everything that's in my notes that I won't have a message? <laughs> Wasn't really a concern. Okay. So, <clears throat> so God is engaged with us and he wants to partnership, uh, partner with us. So let's talk about co-creating with God really quick, really quick. So creating has always been a collaborative effort. So we saw creation itself in the very beginning was collaborative. It was Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? And they said, Genesis 126, let us make man in our image. So God chose to to co-create right off the bat, okay? God also chose to co-create with man right off the bat. So the first example is in Genesis 2, 19 through 20, and it's Adam naming the animals. So I'm going to read this here. It says, so the Lord God formed, that's a creation word, right? Lord God formed from the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky. He brought them to man to see what he would call them. And the man chose a name for each one. He gave names to all the livestock, all the birds of the sky, and all the wild animals. So don't you guys think God could have named the animals? I mean, he made everything. But for some reason, he chose to let Adam name them. And so to me, that's just reflecting God's heart, that he desired from the beginning and designed us for co-creation with him. Okay? And I love that, that he brought brought them to the man to see what he would call them. To see. It's, It's like, I'm sure God knew, but he brought to see because he wanted Adam to choose. Right? So it's not like we're robots that have to perfectly receive this vision of what God wants us to make. Okay, you need a red truck with three wheels. That's weird, but okay. Red truck, three wheels. Paint red truck, three wheels. That's part of it. But God wants to see what we want to make because he created us and he trusts the the creativity that he put inside of us. And he, he wants to see what we will make with him. Okay. Okay. So some more examples, Old Testament examples of co-creating with God, Noah and the ark, right? That was co-creating construction. Okay. Um, Let's see. Then we had Moses. God spoke and Moses wrote. So that Moses was creative writing with God, right? Okay. Um, The craftsmen building the tabernacle. So God gave instructions, vision, and anointing, and they crafted skillfully. So I want to look at that really quick. The master craftsman building the tabernacle. It's in Exodus 31, 1 through 11, and I'm going to read this. It's a little bit of a long passage, but it's really important. So it says, Then the Lord said, 
Everyone, as I'm reading this, think this is the Lord saying this, okay? He said to Moses, look, I have specifically chosen. Everyone say specifically chosen. Bezalel, son of Uri. I, I guess he chose their name too. Poor guy. Okay. Bezalel, son of Uri, grandson of her of the tribe of Judah. I have filled him with the spirit of God, giving him great wisdom, ability, and expertise in all kinds of crafts. He is a master craftsman, expert in working with gold, silver, and bronze. He is skilled in engraving and mounting gemstones and in carving wood. He is a master at every craft. And I have personally appointed. And we'll say personally appointed. Oheliab, son of uh, Ahizamech, of the tribe of Dan, to be his assistant. Moreover, I have given special skill to all the gifted craftsmen so they can make the things I have commanded you to make. The tabernacle, which would be construction, right? The Ark of the Covenant, which would be woodworking, goldsmithing. Uh, the ark cover, the place of atonement, all the furnishings of the tabernacle, the table and its utensils, the pure gold lamp stand with all its accessories. It, he, he's even accessorizing, guys. Okay. The incense altar, the altar of burnt um, offering with all its utensils, the wash basin and its stand. I'm hearing some pottery in there. The beautifully stitched garments, the sacred garments for Aaron the priest and the garments for his sons to wear as they minister. That's totally fashion design, right? Needlework, all that stuff. The anointing oil, the fragrant incense for the holy place. The craftsman must make everything as I have commanded you. That's a lot of creativity in there, right? So let me ask you this. Who or what is the temple now? Us, right? In the New Testament, past Jesus, we are the temple. So God's spirit dwells in us. He has made a most holy place inside of us and loves to dwell there. So let me ask you this. Do you think God still desires a creative partnership with us to build that place where he dwells? Yes. Okay, now we are the temple, not made by human hands, but what we create leads to the creator, and our partnership with him is anointed to expand and advance his kingdom through the things that we make. Okay, so Romans 1.20 says, For the since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. So, I've said this before, but the Holy Spirit within us desires to release the same revelatory power he imparted into his creation through the things we make in partnership with him. Okay? So, like I said this before, but... You know, we look at creation, we look at all the stars in the sky, we learn something about God's expanse, right? We can look at, like Shannon talking about, what was it, 7,000 species of fish? 30,000 species of fish, wow. And we can learn something about God's character from that, from what he made, right? So when we create in partnership with the Holy Spirit, we can reveal stuff about who God is through what we make. Right? Because we're made in the image of God, and our creations can release revelation. Okay? So, our drawings can reveal God's heart to heal. Our paintings can be a window into the spirit. Our poetry can break bondages. Our songs can prophesy destiny. Our dances can demolish strongholds. The most creative one dwells in us, and he wants to create with us for his glory. So God can be known by the things we create. We can release revelation about who God is through creativity. So I have an example here of that in Psalm 45, 6 through 7. 
Um, the writer of this psalm is writing revelation about God's character. It says, Your throne, O God, endures forever and ever. You're, you rule with us. You rule with the scepter of justice. Your love, you love justice and hate evil. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you, pouring out oil of joy on you more than anyone else. So the writer of this psalm is not only beautifully expressing revelation about God's character, he was prophesying about Jesus, right? What is, poet, what is uh, the psalms? I almost gave it away. What is the psalms? Poetry, songs, right. So inspired poetry and songs were releasing not only revelation, but prophesying about the, the coming Messiah. God intentionally used creativity to release revelation about who he is. Isn't that amazing? Okay, so that one that I just read is one of many examples of poetic prophecy in the Bible. So let's talk real quick, just a little bit more about those tabernacle building master craftsmen. So number one, they were doing what they were skilled by God to do to create a place for God to dwell. It, was a, it would be a place where people would experience the presence of God, but without the anointing, it would just be a pretty building, right? No matter how skilled they made it, without God's presence, it's just a building. Okay? So Jesus gives the life and light, the power to what we create in his presence. So John 1, 1 through 5 says, in the beginning, the word already existed. Who's the word? Jesus, right. Um, the word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. Right, so God... Jesus, the word, is actually putting power into what we create. His life and light is in the things that we create with him in his presence. Okay, so what happens when Jesus shows up? Guys, just throw out some stuff. Heals. Deliverance. Miracles, yeah. Eating. That's a good one. Rejoicing. What? Parties. Good, yeah. Peace. Revelation. Breakthrough. Funerals broken up. Resurrection power. Woo! <laughs> awesome, that's perfect. Okay, so if you invite Jesus into what you create, or rather, if you say yes to the creative partnership, that co-creating that he's inviting you into, what could your creations that Jesus is giving light and life to do? I know that was a long question. If Jesus' power is in what you create, what could your creations do? Yeah? If you say yes to that partnership, what could you release through what you make? Yeah. Resurrection power and everything we just said, right? So, we are master craftsmen skillfully creating in partnership with Jesus to build his beautiful kingdom. So another thing I just want to highlight again is that the craftsmen were specially chosen, skilled, and anointed by God to create for his glory. So let's look at Exodus 31, 3 through 6 really quick again. So God is saying, I have filled him, the master craftsman guy, with the spirit of God, giving him great wisdom, ability, and expertise in all kinds of crafts. He is a master craftsman. So let's make a declaration real quick, okay? I am a master craftsman, skilled, anointed, 
and personally appointed by God. Amen. Okay, so God is saying, you are master craftsmen, experts. So what are you guys an expert in? Just think about that for a sec. What are you an expert in? What is in you? What's been in you since you were a little kid? Drawing on the picture, giant cheeseburgers on the breakfast table. What is in you to do? (laughs) Okay. So he is a master craftsman and expert in working with gold, silver, and bronze. He is skilled in engraving and mounting gemstones and in carving wood. He's a master at every craft. I have personally appointed, personally appointed them. Okay. So God gives special skill to the already gifted craftsman so that you can make all the things he commanded you to make. Right? So know the gifts of God are without repentance. Right? That everyone has creativity in them. Everyone has something in you that you're designed to do. But even on top of that, from what I see right here, God even gives special skill and anointing for you to create for his glory. Does that make sense? Okay. So, what were you made and called and anointed and skilled to create? When you truly discover what God made you to be, you will never want to be anyone else. So, remember last night, um, Shannon talked about comparison. And I believe comparison is death because it is completely contrary to God's intention. Because every single person is so unique and created to do something that only you can do. You have a unique skill set that is unique to you. So we need you to create as you are. Right? And I would propose to you that if, if there's something that you think you want, take that to the Lord. And as you, as you are with God in the secret place, pay attention to those desires that grow in the presence of the Lord. Because as you're with God, it says um, that when you're with him, his desires become your desires, right? And so as you're, as you're with God in the secret place, pay attention to those desires that are in you that are growing. If it's to sing, if it's to dance, if that grows in the secret place, then that just might be something God's created you to do. Otherwise, I found in my own life, there's some things I think I want. Like when I was about 15 or so, I was totally obsessed with snowboarding. I don't know why. I lived like 10 hours from a mountain, right? So that's something I thought I wanted. I thought I wanted to be this amazing snowboarder. But, you know, that was one of those things that when I really got in the presence of God, it just kind of melted away. And then all these other things came up. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, I would really like, I'd really like to write a book. I would really like to play music and write songs. You know, when I get with God, he kind of returns me to those original desires in my heart. Does that make sense? So when we get with God and discover what we really are made to create, it's so amazing that we won't want to compare ourselves. I don't, I, you know, I wouldn't want to be anyone else because not only are those desires that are in me, God has specifically equipped me to do, to accomplish those desires. Does that make sense? Okay. So let's look real quick at New Testament examples of co-creating with God. Um, This one, I I didn't actually think about until Anna East said something, but it's Mary. Mary co-created with God. And I love Anna East described her pregnancy as co-creating with God. I just thought that was beautiful. Isn't that amazing? It makes me almost want to cry. That that you are co-creating with God. That is so beautiful that you're saying yes to him. Just like Mary, she was like, God, let your will be done in me. Here's not, here I am. I have this body that you've given me. 
Now create whatever you want in me. So I feel like as we say yes to God and say your will be done, that he is going to birth things through us, that, that, that we can co-create with him and birth things. Okay. So here's a big question, still talking about New Testament examples of co-creating with God. So the big question is, was Jesus creative? Because if not, we can all go home. <laughs> right? <laughs> so I, thankfully, whew, I found a very clear answer in John 1, 1 through 5. So this is talking about Jesus, who is the living word. I read this earlier, but I'll read it again. In the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God. The word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. So, okay, we can all relax. That's pretty obvious that Jesus was part of creation. Only everything was created through Jesus. So, okay. Um, Also, we know Jesus walked the earth as a man, right? Well, Jesus actually had a very unique skill set. Jesus was an amazing storyteller. Is storytelling creativity? Yeah. He, He illustrated an unseen kingdom in a way that people could understand through creativity, right? Okay, so, whew, Jesus was creative, awesome. <laughs> so your creativity, so a, a parable is just something, uh, it's just a story, right? We know Jesus taught in parables, just a story that speaks a language that people can understand, right? It connects uh, things that we know to illustrate things we don't know, Okay. So, your creativity can preach the gospel in different languages. So, this is really important. For every tribe and tongue and nation to hear the gospel, we need you to speak your language of creativity. Yeah. You guys have a language. You may be the only person who can speak that language, and someone needs to hear it. To hear and receive the gospel. Okay. So, um, personal examples of God co-creating with me. Um, I was painting one day not too long ago, and God said, I share my brush with you. And so, as we create, it's nothing that God hasn't already done, right? And so, we can create with him. And he's saying, I share my creativity with you. So I just want to share a testimony real quick. I know I shared this before. I think most everyone's heard it, but I felt like I should share it again. And uh, it's a, a painting I did. I got to go to a creative conference a few, about a month ago, I guess. And I was painting during worship. And you can put up that painting, Abby. And uh, I saw this picture and did this painting during worship. And all day long, I was hearing the name Sean. And uh, and so after worship... Uh, I was like, is there anyone in here named Sean? You know, and like, the room is silent. And I'm like, oh, there's not a Sean. I like, even have a son named Sean. And this lady, like on the second row, raises her hand. And she's like, we do. And so they came up. And um, I explained this painting. The rainbow represents promise. And so this was the anointing of God's promise falling on, on this person's face. And he's just got his head back receiving it. And um, the man whose son was Sean, 
he was just like, like this, just like shaking his head. And we're like, whoa, does that mean something to you? And he's like, yeah. He said, I have a son, and he made a mistake, and this means freedom for him. And so, so we prayed into it. Before I forget, I just want to add in a little note. When we create something, it's like we're giving a tangible gift to someone, like giving them that painting. When someone receives a gift, they're saying yes to what you're giving them. So that then gives us access to pray with authority in their life. So there's so much to this. There's so much to creativity. It's crazy. But, but the gift thing is key. Okay. So anyway, so we prayed into Sean's thing because they received that painting. So we had access. We prayed over Sean. Um, later, they told me the rest of the story. Um, they didn't want to say it in front of everyone. But since it's anonymous, anonymous I can tell you guys. They said that um, 22 years ago, Sean um, went to live with his mom. Um, alcohol was involved. He made a bad decision, ended up going to prison. So he got saved in prison, radically saved in prison. And he led a ton of guys to the Lord. And he was just really going for God in prison. Um, she said about, about, this is a Sean's stepmom telling me, she said about six months ago, he got super discouraged because he hadn't received parole. Um, and he'd been trying for parole for a long time. And so, so he was real discouraged in prison. And, uh, she also said that not too long ago, uh, Sean's granny had been praying for him. And in prayer, she received a spiritual song. And the spiritual song was showers of blessing, showers of blessing. Uh, I think it was like raindrops of grace falling all around. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> and so here, complete stranger, never been to this place before. God gives me this painting and, and it's showers of God's promise, okay? So anyways, I was totally blown away. They were blown away, um, just like a beautiful answer to years of prayer that their family had done. So that was on a Saturday. The following Wednesday, I'm at work, and I get a text. And they, the text is, you need to call Sean's stepmom. And uh, so I give her a call, and she said that morning they got a call and found out after 22 years, Sean received parole. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. So to me, that's such a beautiful answer from the Lord, a song from his granny, a painting from a stranger, confirming to this family and releasing freedom for him. All right. Okay. Um, so in my history of creating with God, we're still talking about co-creating. Um, I've gotten in the habit of seeking the seed of ideas from the Holy Spirit. So real quick, I want to talk about the seed of ideas. So this comes from 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 15. And this is the verse that says, uh, when you decide in your heart what to give, God provides seed to the sower and bread for food. Does that sound familiar? That verse sound familiar? Okay. So when we decide in our heart to give, God provides seed to the sower. So this can be the seed of finances and provision, but also the seed of ideas. So this is the verse, 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 15. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. And this is the important part here. It's all important, but 
key part for today. Now, he who supplies seed to the sower, so talking about God, he supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge your harvest of, of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Okay? The rest of that verse is really good. I'm not going to read it right now. Uh, So, when we decide in our heart what to give, God provides seed to the sower. And so, so an example of this was this last Christmas, it was a desire of my heart. I wanted to give, like, awesome Christmas gifts. I love doing gifts. That's like one of my favorite things is to like give the Holy Spirit and hear um, exactly what would bless a person, you know, and give them like this amazing gift. And they're like, God loves me so much. That's like one of my favorite things to do. And so this Christmas, that was a desire of my heart to do that for my family, but I didn't know what to get them, right? And so when I decided in my heart what to give, God provided the seed of ideas, right? So I just got with God. I was like, God, it is a desire of my heart to give these gifts. And so I just ask you for that seed that you'll provide of something that I can create for them. And God spoke to me. He gave me some ideas, like I did this cool sweatshirt, um, handmade painted sweatshirt for my mom and stuff. And, and um, my family, they all ended up loving it. So, but if you need an idea, um, ask the Holy Spirit. He delights in every detail of your life, and he will give you that seed of an idea. Another example I do a lot is asking the Holy Spirit for creativity making dinner. So it's like you go to the cabinet, and you have three pickles, a tortilla, and some cheese. So what are you going to do with this? I don't know. So a lot of times I'm like, okay, Lord, it's in my heart to give a good rounded meal to my family. I need a seed of an idea right now. <laughs> and bada bing, bada boom, we have pickle quesadillas. And it's delicious. You can ask Anna. My food's good, right? Yay. Okay. We've, we haven't had pickle quesadillas, don't worry. <laughs> but to me, that's just the heart of God. He delights in every detail of your life. He wants creativity with him, co-creative, woven into your everyday, even as basic as fixing supper, right? Okay. So the cool thing about God is that even if there's not a natural answer, God creates a supernatural answer. This is a kingdom solution. So, so we're bringing the process of inventing with God into your everyday life. And that's a little tag for our workshop coming up. Um, okay, almost done. You guys doing okay? Yeah? Okay. So creative partnership is relationship. So what happened when people got in the presence of God? They created. An example is the Psalms are poetry written in the presence. So when we are in the presence of the creator, we are inspired to create. So I'm going to read Psalm 41.5. It says, um, for the choir director, is a choir creative? Yeah. For the choir director, a love song to be sung to the tune of lilies. I'm sure it's beautiful. A psalm of the descendants of Korah. Beautiful words stir my heart. I will recite a lovely poem about the king, for my tongue is like the pen of a skillful poet. Here's some creativity in there. So the psalmist was expressing love through his unique creative abilities, in this case, poetry. 
So what better way to express love to our creator than by doing the very thing he created you to do? So what were you made to create, and how do you express love? So let's talk about love-inspired creativity. So we see love-inspired creativity all the time, right? For example, roses are red, violets are blue, your hair is beautiful, and your heart is too. Right? Yeah. Love-inspired creativity. Or, or we hear a lot about love songs, right? Love songs. Um, I know I'm not the only one in the room who sometimes sings spontaneous worship to my dog. And the Lord is okay with it. Usually it's something like, you're good, good, Lukey. It's who you are. It's who you are. I'm not kidding. <laughs> but it just comes, it, the thing is, the, the point of this, is that it comes up out of me. Because I love my dog. I don't sing about Omid. I don't know what the breakup is. But... <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but the point is, when we feel love, we're inspired to create, right? Okay, another example is dancing, jumping, and movement. Uh, and I'm just going to follow my husband's lead and go for this. So it's like, anyone seen the movie Elf? Yes. Remember that part where he's like, I'm in love, I'm in love, and I don't care who knows it. You know? <laughs> that was pretty good, right? I am not teaching dance and movement, don't worry. <laughs> I am at rest in what God's created me to be. <laughs> no, but that just comes out, you know? When, especially a little kid, when they're excited, what do they do? They're like jumping, they're excited. So that comes out when we experience love. Okay, another example of love-inspired creativity. We see, how many of you have ever seen like on a water tower, Omid Hart K or something like that? Yeah, they, all the time. They were, why? They were inspired to create out of love, right? They want people to know. Okay, so we desire to express our love to our lover any way we can. Creativity is an outward expression of an inward emotion. So why is it a natural desire to create when we feel love? God is our creator, and he is love. And he created us because he loves us. So we are made in the image of God. So of course... It is natural for us to create out of love, right? So as we are transformed into the image of Jesus and restored back to our original design, like Shannon talked about last night, that's why it was so important for us to set that foundation last night. As we're restored back to our original design, we learn again how to create from love instead of for love. Right? And that also goes back to that competitive culture. A competitive culture is striving to receive love. A celebration culture uh, is, knows they're loved, and so they can celebrate and create from love. Okay? So, that's what I have. Let me just give you ten keys to remember. Okay? Number one, you are made in the image of God, so it's in your very nature to be creative. Number two, the kingdom is a culture of celebration, not competition. Number three, your artwork is on God's refrigerator. Four, you're designed for creative partnership. Number five, what you co-create with God has an anointing, releases revelation, and is infused with the resurrection power of Jesus. 
So as you create today, create from that expectation and believe you can shift atmospheres and release an anointing of God through creativity. Number six, you are God's master craftsman and he chooses you. Number seven, for every tribe and tongue and nation to hear the gospel, we need you to speak your creative, uh, your language of creativity. Number eight, when you truly discover who God made you to be, you'll never want to be anyone else. Number nine, God provides the seed of ideas to the sowers of creativity. And number 10, create from love, not for love. So what were you made to create? You ready to find out? All right. Awesome. So now I'm very excited to introduce my team. And so um, my team, uh, they're each leading a workshop. So what they're going to do, they're going to come up and share a nugget. That's going to be so good. Share a nugget on their workshop. And then... uh, and then we're going to have demonstration. We already had demonstration of painting and dance last night, so you guys saw that. Um, so we're going to do a nugget and demonstration. Are you guys ready to see, receive more revelation? It's going to be so good. So as you're watching and, and listening to all these workshops, think about what is going to be your favorite workshop. Because the first round is your favorite or your strength if you have one. If you don't have a strength, that's so awesome because you're going to get even more out of the weekend. Okay? Does that make sense? So as you're listening to these, think about what you're going to want to do when we hit workshop time, okay? All right, so first up, I would like Caleb to start. Woohoo! So I've got to get my guitar. Uh, I guess I could play Taylor's. Okay, so I'm going to be doing... Um, pray for me, guys. <laughs> I'm recovering. Uh, from a cold, so, but I've been doing emergency all day, so, and I have faith, so it's good, uh, all day, I need an IV drip, um, yeah, do you want to do this for me while I talk for a second, could you tune it for me too, she's really nice, um, so, uh, in our workshop, if you so choose, you do not have to be exactly musically inclined to come, okay? Um, you're not going to have to do, like, a grand performance or anything like that, so I don't want anybody freaked out, you know, or whatever. If you are musically inclined in any way, please come. Uh, we're going to be talking about sound. We're going to be talking about the organization of sound, music, and, uh, and other things like that, and what it, significance it has. Um, I'm going to do a little demonstration for you. One of the things we'll be talking about is um, partnering with God in music and what that can look like, and that there's different functions that you can do. You can do, um, you know, devotional. You can flow, uh, you know, uh, we call it ad-lib you know, in the natural, but uh, we, we call it flowing with the Holy Spirit. And so hearing God's voice and interpreting what he's saying and doing through music and through lyrics and uh, spontaneous worship, things like that. And we'll also be talking about um, a little bit of songwriting and things of that nature. So if you're at all interested in that, um, please come, even if you're not musically inclined. We will be doing some practical things as well. Um, and just how you can partner with the prophetic in music. And so I'm going to do a little thing here. Um, I'm gonna, no, I'm, gonna bring, I'm just going to get on stage. It'll be easier. Oh, nothing's on? Well, I'm going to do an unplugged then. 
Fortunately, there's not a thousand of us in here, so you guys will all be able to hear me. Thank you, Taylor.
Good morning, everyone. Well, um, for the prophetic painting, many and most of you, everybody here, I'm sure, has had the privilege of seeing the demonstrations here in the sanctuary, um, whether it was last night or even when you saw this morning uh, earlier when Kaylin shared about her experience in that painting that she created when she went to a conference earlier or last year, actually. Well, we're going to do something very similar. So I want to encourage you and invite you, even if you have never painted or even if that's not something you're really interested, open up to the opportunity of painting, maybe for the first time or painting after many, many years. Maybe you haven't painted since you were a child or maybe it's, it's been a desire in your heart or you have this gift already and you really, this is, this is something you really enjoy doing. But as we were listening to Shannon's less, uh, um, message yesterday, sometimes we don't, we're so occupied with so many things that even our own like known passions and, and gifts we've kind of put aside because we've prioritized other things. So if this is something that you really feel like I, that you really enjoy, that I'd invite you to come to our workshop. It's going to be downstairs where we um, normally have some events. And so really what it is, is this is not a performance uh, um, painting workshop. It's not, we're not doing this out of performance. We're doing this out of God's love and, and God, God's love for you to highlight that, that creativity in you but also love for his, his children, his, his kingdom. So I invite you to partner, partner with him and, and just with freedom paint something on a canvas or on watercolor paper. Um, we're going we're gonna to do this very similar to what you saw here in, in, in the sanctuary last night. Uh, of course, we won't have the awesome worship band with us, but we will have music and we'll worship uh, God and we will pray together. And if you have a prayer language, you're more than welcome to to say to to speak it out loud, to dance in your in your place or move around. And whenever you, um, as we're praying and, and singing or uh, worshiping God, you will in that intimacy you will receive uh, from the Holy Spirit. Some, some, some things to, to write down or to put down on a canvas. And I invite you to just be sensitive to that and, and let go of any, like, boundaries. Like, paint outside the lines. Don't, don't be too, too finicky about, oh, I have to shade this perfectly or I have to do it this way. Just, it could be a stick figure. It could be anything. In reality, it's what would the Holy Spirit really leads you to do, and, and you will hear from the Holy Spirit um, maybe maybe specifics of people who he wants you to do this for. And so I invite you to to be sensitive to that and, and have fun. In reality, at the end of the day, is have fun, feel the love of God, and, and, and really be willing to, to also prepare these for somebody else to see because this is going to be uh, seen by other people in the room and, and that may be a blessing to those people in the room. It may be uh, something that will bless someone here today or it may be someone uh, someone in your life and something that you may take with you and, and bless somebody else. So I invite you to come to my workshop if uh, regardless of, of your experience with painting and, and I'm really excited for those of you that, that are already like, yeah, I'm going. Um, I'm I'm there to to just 
guide you and then release you, release you to, to your own creative self and just partnership with God and, and just, yeah. So if, if you want, if you're interested in the prophetic painting, I'll see you guys downstairs. Okay. Okay. Well, let's just acknowledge how Caleb threw me under the bus. Believe it or not, that's the second time he's done that to me in front of a crowd of people. The first time was when I was in school and totally madly in love with him, and I didn't think he even knew I existed. And the class, like, critiques each other after you do something, and his critique to the whole class to me was that maybe I should tune my guitar. So, he's really perfectionist about the tuning of the guitar. How do we know that he wasn't playing fart notes, right? Anyway, just saying. Um, okay, so moving right along. Um, <clears throat> I love you, babe. Uh, so I will be, I have the honor and the privilege of, I can't even say teaching, facilitating the dance and movement workshop. And um, I'm extremely excited and i these are supposed to be nuggets, so it's supposed to be fast. It's just going to be an opportunity to come and just dance and move before the Lord. There are no restrictions. And might I add that with any of this, um, please remove from your heart if there's anything. This is not NCF Scott talent. <laughs> this is what is the Lord creating in you, okay? We're not looking for the next superstar. Pastor CJ, we got you, you know. Uh, he, he doesn't have us on a secret mission to go and find who's the greatest painter in the world. You know, this is not NCF's Got Talent. This is releasing your expression of love for the Lord, okay? So um, in our in my workshop, we're just going to do exactly that. We're just going to have a time before the Lord um, just with music going, and you're going to just do you however you move, however you dance. Um, dance is typically, I consider it something that is constructed to a, a melody and a rhythm some of us not me some of us don't have rhythm that's okay um some uh, so that would be more movement uh to me move <laughs> movement is um here caleb the other day was walking around the room like a crab and it had some interpretation from the holy spirit so I would consider that like movement and less dance, but the, the two are going to be together. And uh, we're just going to have a competition. Who can tell more on who, you know? Uh, so the, please do not eliminate yourself if you're a male. It's, you know, it's whatever. I totally, I totally get it. Um, you don't, I'm not begging you to come. I'm just saying it is totally open to you. Um, I know that it's typically thought as a female thing. I don't exactly know why. I was trying to figure out why. And I can't exactly figure out why. But um, maybe we could break that today. I don't know. But uh, so we're just going to do dance movement, pray, maybe, um, and, and have interpretation of what the Lord's saying just through a worship playlist. Have a really good time. And we will probably be, our group will be the most hungry for dinner. Because we're going to have like two hours of moving and dancing. And we're probably going to smell the best. So... Um, please, if you are interested in that, I'm not giving toe lessons or dance lessons. It's not that it's just being free with the Lord in your movement, even if it means walking around the room like a crab.
The means. Mr. and Mrs. Means? Where's the means at? Oh, there we go. Woo. I have notes. Because I'm a, we are writers. <laughs> Good morning, beautiful people. A joyful January the 14, 2017 day to you all. I'm Sheila Means, and this is my mighty man of God, Aaron. And we will be co-leading, because the Holy Spirit is going to be leading, the poetry and creative writing session. Writing. We all do it. Right? But the majority of us do not consider ourselves writers. I bet you every one of you all wrote something this morning. I know because I was at the sign-up table. <laughs> oh, wait, I, I take that back. There was two people who didn't write. <laughs> but our goal is to understand that we can receive, acknowledge, and express the thoughts of God that God has for us. Holy Spirit can reveal his thoughts in a single word, a phrase, a poem, a proverb, a monologue, a short story, a book, a play, a movie, or a television script. Who knows? Maybe you or the next box office. Or maybe you. And maybe you or the next bestseller. The foundation of all created gifts start, started in the beginning as it is recorded, and God said, let there be. I hope you are asking, but how did he make the heavens and the earth? The answer is simple. He spoke words, and his created words took on shapes, colors, textures, sounds, and solid forms. He rested, but he never stopped speaking. He can speak to you and through you. So we will seek to receive his prophetic words and become fruitful users of his word. Jesus demonstrated the power of his word, and he taught that we can show his power in and through us. Look at Mark 4.20, which said that, And the seed fell on good soil, which represent those who heard and accepted God's word and produced a harvest of 30, 60, and 100-fold, as much as had been planted. So as we heard last night, our God is exponential and extravagant. So let's demolish wrong thinking, according to 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5. Writing is only one way to communicate. It's the only way to communicate words. We do not have to be professional writers to record great things with paper and pen, or in our case these days, keyboard and fingers. While some people have a natural talent, it's not necessary. God will use your own unique personality. He created us as uniquely you in his image and in his likeness, and he will express himself to you and through you just as uniquely he gave each of us ears to hear him, and we can tune into his frequency and hear what he is saying to us today 
about ourselves, and about others. So he is a loving father and the all-knowing God, and he will tell us of the treasures in ourselves and in others. So let's get ready to dig. So declare after me, I am a writer. Because words paint pictures on the canvas of our mind. I mean, when I say red, you don't see the letters R-E-D. You see the color. So now we're going to have a demonstration from Mr. Means. It's an original poem uh, for, for two daughters and a daughter-in-law, actually. It's called The Artist. There is a visual artist inside who desires to be free. She creates masterful works in the recesses of her mind. Can you see all the magnificent sceneries and exquisite lifelike figurines? These artistic works are still only thoughts waiting to be free. There is a great musical composer inside waiting to be free. She writes lyrics that inspire the soul like no other before her time. Can you feel the melodious tones breathe, breathe a sense of pleasure in your mind? Well, this artist is only pondering how to let her expressions flow. There is a dancer extraordinaire inside waiting to be free. She flows more gracefully than cumulus clouds across a canopy. Can you believe how fluidly she sails across every surface? She wants to share her gift. We want to experience the same. There is a poet who conceals millions of rhymes and verses. Ink and paper will swoon beneath the weighty prose and measures. Can you hear them? The sound of intellect changing the world. The mind is swollen with creativity. The hand is outstretched to write, but the works are hidden from us. Let the artist go. Set the artist free. So we invite you all to be part of the Poetry and Creative Workshop, and we will be down in the youth room. And it's already been anointed because that's where the youth meet. I'm Shannon, and this is my husband, Todd, and uh, we're going to be co-leading the Inventing with God workshop because the Holy Spirit's going to be leading it, and uh, <clears throat> we're going to be uh, going in there. We're going to be going. Now, choose wisely on your workshop. You will be stuck with us for two hours, so bear that in mind. So we're going to be going after uh, in the Inventing with God workshop. We're going to be kind of going after two different things. Um, one of them is uh, what Kaylin talked about. Uh, she kind of mentioned it when she talked about getting ready to make dinner. And she's like inviting the Holy Spirit into that. So um, uh, opening up avenues for the Holy to co-create with the Holy Spirit in areas that we don't typically think of 
as opportunities to be creative. And um, instead, we just kind of walk around beat down instead of understanding that we could partner with the Lord in it. Um, I am, I believe he has better fruit for us than pickle and cheese quesadillas. So, you know, God's good. And I, you know, so um, the other thing that will be, that's one of the things we're going after and inventing with God. The other thing we're going after is like the big stuff where that'll be, Todd will be leading us into the third heaven. (laughs) Going after the big stuff. We don't have a demonstration for this. Um, I told Kaylin, uh, if the Holy Spirit gives me a million dollar idea, I am not fixing to come share it with anyone. So <laughs> they'll be like, beep, beep, and be gone. Taking my million dollar idea. So um, that's kind of what we're going to go after. I'd just like to say uh, real, real quickly, um, <clears throat> when we were doing worship last night, I, there's just something stirring inside of me that is so excited. I was like, I don't want I don't want you to take this wrong, okay? Say Todd, we won't take this wrong. But I was reaching a point of boredom last night playing because I was so ready to see you guys start creating and to start releasing and to start stepping into what you're supposed to step into. I was up there like, okay, let's let's get to tomorrow. Because tomorrow's going to be good. And, and now, don't get me wrong. My daughters and wife can tell you, uh, at home, I'm creating at all hours. They'll get up at 3 o'clock in the morning, and I'm in my guitar room with an amp cranked up. And they're just like, dear God, Dad, we're trying to sleep. Turn stuff off, you know. But the Lord was sharing this with me. Um, he just said a real real quick thing as a... Uh, who? Oh, Amid. I just love Amid. Has in people jump around on the chairs and everything. And, and um, I actually got a, so we're all safe because I got a picture of pa- uh, Pastor CJ sta- stomping on a chair. So if anything comes up, we can show that picture. We're good. Exposing yeah, exposing religious spirits. Yes. <clears throat> But as we were doing that, I, I just really felt like the Lord said, this is the TNT of the explosion that is fixing to happen here. That's you guys. You, you are the foundation of what's, what's going to be laid for what's coming next. And, and I think that is so exciting. And I just want to just to encourage you to really just dig into what the Lord's telling you. And, and if he's telling you to step out of your comfort zones, you know, it, honest truth, it would have been easier for me to do a music class than go do the eventing class. But I, I, we just felt like them are the areas that we're supposed to step into. And, you know, I, I can invent all kinds of things. And I, I won't tell you of the things I have invented. But I, ever since I was little, you know, all of us have been, what's the first thing you do when you go to a beach? You build a castle, don't you? You get in the sand, you just start building, you invent, it's in us, it's in our DNA. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's the other day when, when, uh, I was in my music room and I was writing 
And God just spoke to me. He said, Todd, what did I do in the beginning? And I sat there and I was like, what'd you do in the beginning? He created. He created. But you know, he was creating the palette for us to be creative in. That's, that's this big blue marble we all live on. He, he created every resource that we need to be ultimately creative. I mean, just to release. And I am so pumped to see what God's going to release out of you guys. You know, <clears throat> Shannon touched on this last night, but what I'm really excited about is we're going to break down them barriers because we have surrendered so much creativity to what was deemed the secular Because the religious machine said, that is secular, do not touch. So we surrendered it. We walked away from it. And I, I am so excited because I believe you guys are going to go, hey, there's a door, boom, I'm in. No longer will this be called secular. This will be called creative. This will be called resources. This will be called my future. This will be called my destiny. How many of you are ready to stop surrendering? Me. All right? Amen.